You're listening to another episode of Let's Talk Purpose Live, because who you are is important to what you do and where you are going. Now for your host, Lisa Schwartz. Hello, BP Daddy. Good morning. How are you today? I'm excellent. Okay, I kind of always feel like a little overwhelmed when everything starts because we have to get everything all, you know, hooked up or what have you, yeah. yeah. All the shares, all the likes. Hey, if you guys are joining us this morning, if you would give us a hello and you would give us a wave, let me get it started. Let me get it get opened up here. Turn everything on mute so that we don't have a million sounds going on at the same time. I'm going to watch this live. Turn my... All right. I am watching on Lisa Schwartz LLC. I think Liz is catching us on Crazy 8. Um, are we sharing to all things new today? Oh, tell I didn't us what's think new about on that. all things new. I didn't even think about that. All right, here we go. Tell us what's new at all things new. What's new at all things new? Well, we've got we've got frequent shopper punch cards going on. Ooh, yeah. So um, you come in, um, spend fifteen dollars to get a punch. You fill up your punch card. You get eight dollars off your next purchase. Nice. Um, we just got lots of fun stuff coming in. If you um, tune into our All Things New Facebook page, we've got um, Thrift Shop Talks. Oh, wait, with let's me say that one more time. Tune in and like oh, yeah. the All, All Things, Things New, New resale page. Yes. So if you have not liked the resale page, you are missing out. Okay, go ahead. Back to you. <laughs> we've got weekly thrift shop talks going on where we show you some of the new stuff that's going out I in the think shop. You guys are like actually selling it. Like people are like, I want that. I want yeah, that. Yeah. What size stuff. is that? What size is it? Oh, I love those shoes. I was watching yesterday. I was like, dang, that's some nice stuff. Yeah. So you can see what's coming out that week. Okay. Get a jump on everything. Excellent. Lori Mayo Cook is with us this morning. Good morning, Lori. How are you today? All right. So. You know, I we've talked about, uh, I know, I, it's okay. I'm just scrolling, so I'm just going to stop. Kyler, this down. Kyler, I'm calling Kyler. <laughs> Kyler, if you are there, if you would please share the talk show to the All Things New Resale Shop page, that would be great. Um, so, <laughs> I have to renew my passport. I, you know, I, I jokingly said, I'm going to say it on the air. I really am. Say, I feel like it's easier to vote in our country than it is to get a passport. But can we, <laughs> Look talk, at this. Can we talk about my mugshot? <laughs> She said, just stare into the camera. And of course, you know, I smiled. She was like, no, don't smile. <laughs> so I just like break my smile. You know, I mean, I take my smile off and wada bing, wada bang. She takes the picture. I wasn't even ready. <laughs> Clearly, I needed to put some, at least some blush on or something. I don't know what was going on What's there. funny is you took a fantastic driver's license picture. Oh, my driver's <laughs> license picture, y'all. I'm about ready to make it my profile picture on Facebook. It's so good. I bragged on it. I was like, y'all, look at my... My, my driver's license, and that is the mugshot that I am going to travel with. Well, you won't be happy to come back in the country, I guess. I look mm. like a, a serial killer. I, I, something. TSA will do some extra searches on you. <laughs> For sure they will. So anyways, uh, so that was my passport mugshot this morning. That's what I've been doing. So today... Look at her. She's like, she raises her eyebrows. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. We are. And I think, um, you know, we were supposed to be talking about how to master your goals. Yeah. Uh, she was like, please don't make me talk about goals one more time. Don't make me talk about goals. So let me say this. Like, I'm doing a series on my YouTube 
um, channel on how to master your goals, talking about from a biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we hear a lot about goal setting, um, but what does the Bible say about setting goals? So if you're interested in learning more about that, you're going to want to head over to my YouTube channel. Um, make sure you click like, make sure you leave me comments. We did, I did the series on mental, emotional first aid Mm -hmm. and it is still, I mean, just really rocking and rolling. Um, and so after we do the mastering, how to master your goals series, then I'm going to post a couple of just, um, videos of places where I've preached, including altar calls to kind of start going along with really just what is the purpose of Jesus in our life? What is the purpose of our faith? And today, more specifically, we're going to be talking about the purpose of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. So I have Amy Sanger on with us this morning. Hey, Amy. Uh, She said, I'm so excited about this topic. (laughs) Uh, Dana Foster is with us. Good morning, Dana and Travis Getsky. Is it Travis or Sean Sean. with us this morning? Because they they kind of like, she chameleons underneath his name. Um, Good morning, everybody. It's good to have you with us this morning. Um, So I, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, and I'm totally willing to share a lot of my own personal story. And, you know, a lot of times we try to be a little bit PC Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. doesn't stand for personal computer to my 13 year old son's surprise. When I said PC the other day, he was like, personal computer. I was like, (laughs) politically correct. Um, And so we try to be sensitive to everybody's faith because let, let me say this, like at Crazy Eight Ministries, we are very interdenominational. And so we are sensitive to people's faith. We're right. not there to teach doctrine. We're not there to teach theology. Um, but this talk show is Lisa Schwartz LLC. Okay. Okay. So uh, we're <laughs> got some giggling from behind. <laughs> and so, um, but so I, I just want to talk about my beliefs and uh, what I have learned from scripture and also my experiences. Um, so I say all that to say, like, I'm not here to teach doctrine. I'm not here to teach theology. I'm just here to share my experience. I'm reminded of um, in John chapter nine, when Jesus heals the blind man. And, you know, people were offended by that. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were like, well, who healed you on the Sabbath? I mean, just super offended by that. And the blind man had no answer. I mean, all he kept saying is, I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. I obviously didn't see the man. I was blind when he came (laughs) up to me. He told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. I did. When I came back, he was gone. I have no idea who it was. All I know is I once was blind and now I see. And so there was a shift that took place in him um, that could not be disputed um, and so what I have to tell you is when I had, had my, what, what I call kind of my second encounter with the coming upon, um, with the Holy Spirit coming upon me, there was a shift that took place in my life. Now I was a believer before that I was saved. I, I understood the scriptures. I read the scriptures. I taught the scriptures, right. but when the Holy Spirit came upon me, um, for me, that was the initiation of my ministry, mm-hmm. where I really began to move and flow in the power gifts and be, began to minister healing and deliverance. And y'all, when I'm talking about healing and deliverance, I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about like, you know, people laying down, head spinning around, vomiting, what have you. I'm talking about like being delivered from anger and being healed from depression and being delivered from anxiety, foul thinking, all of those things. Um, but I also don't want to disclude some of the crazy deliverances that we've been a part of, that mm-hmm. I've been a part of, um, and have ministered on a regular basis. People who have strongholds that are deeply rooted, um, generational baggage being brought into their life, and they're tormented by demons, by mm-hmm. foul spirits. So, I, I mean, like, you know, there's part of me that's like, I don't want to be hooky mooky, hyper spiritual, whatever, but the Holy Spirit is hyper spiritual, <laughs> yes. y'all. I mean... <laughs> I also don't want to serve a God that's not supernatural. 
I need a supernatural God in my life and I need a supernatural move in my life because y'all, my flesh is ugly. And I'm looking, I'm looking at you like, (laughs) can you confirm that? That that would be a great place to be like, yeah, mine is too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mine is too. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about today and, and here's, here's where uh, I want to start with where it talks about in first Corinthians, it says that uh, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, Mm -hmm. but it's a matter of power. And I'm a little bit frustrated. I say a little bit. I'm, I get frustrated, okay? And I understand uh, this is why I could never be a pastor. I could never preach from a pulpit on, on, like on a regular basis on a Sunday. I understand that Sunday mornings um, are for education. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about in general, when we're ministering to people, when we're presenting the gospel to them, you can't teach and preach your you can't teach and preach people into the gospel. The Bible says that a man only comes to this, only comes to Christ by the mm-hmm. spirit of the living God, that it's the Holy Spirit that draws a man unto the Lord. He says, it's the spirit that draws a man unto me. He says, unless by the Holy Spirit, you cannot call me Lord Jesus. Right. So we can't dismiss the power and the movement and the work of the Holy Spirit. To do that, we dismiss the fact that the, the act of salvation in and of itself is the most supernatural act we've Mm -hmm. we've engaged in yet Mm -hmm. i mean how do you in a moment go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light not by anything i have done but simply a supernatural shift from being repositioned from one realm to another in a moment yeah that's supernatural and every christian believes that every christian does believe that so i i have had to learn because for years i was taught brought up i taught i taught it myself i preached that um, that the Holy Spirit was in you. You got the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the character and the nature of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, came rushing into my body when I got saved. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until years later that I started getting introduced through the scripture. And I'm not going to say, I was never taught this. Through the scripture, I began to watch the pattern of Christ. I began to watch the experience of Jesus. I began to watch how he ministered to the disciples and the two encounters with the Holy Spirit, and then telling them to go and do the same and minister the two encounters of the Holy Spirit. And it, I just began to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I, I got to where I was like, I'm not afraid to ask questions. Like, what is this, for a lack of a better term, second encounter with the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Um do I could I can stop talking if you you're no, like no. Okay. <laughs> um so I, I wanna and, and the best way I have um I feel like the Holy Spirit kind of defined it to me was when Jesus was born, he was born with the divine nature of God in the likeness of God. Um he had the full character, the person of God in him, and he flowed in the character and the nature of God. You've heard me preach and teach on the glory versus the anointing. Right. He came in the fullness of the glory of the mm-hmm. Lord. So the glory when when Jesus goes to Mo or when God goes to Moses in the Old Testament, he says, you know, show me your glory, mm-hmm. and he begins to speak who he is. And he says, this is who I am. It's my person. It's my character. And so Jesus came in the fullness of the divine nature of God, bearing his character. But we see um, when he receives the baptism, mm-hmm. um, he gets baptized by water, and then something happens. Right. There's a second encounter that um, where the Spirit comes upon him. And it's from that place, from that moment on, that he begins to flow in the signs and the miracles and wonders. His ministry, in some regard, is like kicked off in that moment. Right. 
Um, and so I, I think we learn from the example of Jesus and saying, if even Jesus needed to have this encounter, this power encounter, I don't know what else to call it. Well, people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's right. what Acts calls it, the baptism mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Let's call it what it is. Um, I like to call it a power encounter where we receive the power encounter so that now I'm not just living with Christ in me and the Holy Spirit in me for me to refine me, but now I have the Holy Spirit on me so that he can work through me for others. Yes. Right. Um, and so I think we put the cart before the horse when we don't understand, um, the purpose and the role of the Holy Spirit yes, is to guide you and to counsel you and to direct you and to convict you and teach Teach you you. and train you and all of these things. But there's a whole nother side of the Holy Spirit that for years, Brittany, I had no understanding of, Mm -hmm. no understanding of. Mm -hmm. Um, I as well. (laughs) I mean, I was saved as a teenager, but then never had anything beyond that and never had any discipleship or anything beyond that. Mm -hmm. And then it was when I found myself in a place where I would read scripture and have absolutely no idea what it meant. And Mm -hmm. I was trying, Mm -hmm. I was really trying, but it had no purpose and no place in my life um, that I could put it into. And so it wasn't until I found myself at a place where I was filled with anger, um, Mm -hmm. filled with everything, regret, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. um, at my lowest that the Holy Spirit, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then it was like the whole world opened up. Everything makes sense all <laughs> yes. of a sudden. Like, all, it's like, oh my gosh, scripture comes to life. Yes. Right. It becomes more than just a knowledge or a teaching or an understanding. It becomes a revelation and it becomes a, it becomes alive, literally becomes alive. Yes. So, um, Go ahead. You have something. Oh, uh, do I? I? I don't know. You look down. I just I have know. no idea. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think, you know, some of the things that I have um, said, so I was able to minister to a group of youth Saturday mm-hmm. night, um, and I was asked to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I love. Um, and so I talked a lot about how, again, the gospel is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. And, um, and so I talk a lot about the power of demonstration. And anybody who knows me knows that that is how I minister. Right. That's how I teach and train. So if you come to one of my workshops, if... You're, you have me as a life coach or a counselor or whatever, there's going to be a time there when I say, hey, I want you to, whatever it is you're doing, whether it's I want you to work on these breathing or I want you to work on these goals. And then I will say, and this, this is what that's going to look like. And I'll take time to actually demonstrate. If I say, this is what I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and I want you to be saying these things and we're going to begin to speak the identity of Christ into you. And then I'll stand up and I will do it and I will demonstrate it for them. Because it shifts knowledge into a whole nother level when we take the time to demonstrate. Mm -hmm. Well, I can say you demonstrate and then you throw people into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you say, okay, now come do it. Now it's your turn. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about that for a minute because, um, you know, my whole first book on discipleship, I talk about the see one, do one, Mm -hmm. teach one concept. Um, And I think that is how we learn is we see it being taught. and, And so that that, and I hate to use the word pattern because I, <laughs> I don't think you can fit the Holy Spirit right. into a pattern, right? Um, but we do. there are things that we can learn from the examples that were given in Scripture. Well, Jesus himself, when we take a look at like um, Mark chapter 3, 4, and 5, um, all the way into chapter 6, he calls the disciples and he says, come and follow me. Be in the same way with me. Mm-hmm. Be in likeness with me. The, the, the Greek word there is akaluthio, which is where we get our word acolyte from. Um, 
which an acolyte boy in the Catholic religion follows the priest and does what the priest does. Okay. okay? So I saw you look at me like, what's an acolyte? <laughs> yeah. I was raised in the Catholic um, denomination. So um, anyway, so we, we, he calls them and he says, come and be with me, follow me, be like me, um, imitate me. And, and then we go into the next chapter of Mark and it, it begins to, they're following him and they're with him. And he, there, there's a series of teachings um, where he says the kingdom of heaven is like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the classroom time. Right. And then he says, and here's what it looks like. And so then he begins to demonstrate. And in Mark chapter five, he literally demonstrates the entire gospel and that he teaches salvation. He um, heals the woman with the issue of blood. He delivers the legion of demons and he resurrects Jairus's mm-hmm. daughter. So mm-hmm. we see all four points of the gospel yep. in that, um, which is <clears throat> salvation, healing, deliverance and restoration. Some people would say prosperity under restoration. Say what you want. I don't. I don't care. I. Don't, I mean, it just is what it is. Um, I'm like unapologetic today because I'm right. so. I'm I so, like this, Lisa. I, <laughs> because because I'm so passionate about getting people baptized with yes. the Holy Spirit. Like yes. that is my passion. Uh, I love ministering salvation to people, but it pains me to see people living saved but disempowered mm-hmm. and still captivated by their. Um, brokenness still captivated by their, and, and y'all, again, I'm not talking about the big, you know, these big demons that are little, I'm talking about the things you and I struggle the everyday with. everyday stuff, yeah. Yeah, addiction, temptation, uh, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, anxiety. I mean, there's so much anxiety just hovering over our land right now. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And I will say it's demonic is what it is because the enemy does not want us to thrive. He does not want us to thrive. He does not want us to grow. He does not want us to prosper. He does not want us to increase. And we see all that all throughout the Old Testament. Anytime the Israelites took up a land, they automatically began to multiply. It was the design that God had in mind right. from them. And the enemies would feel threatened by their prosperity and would attack them. Yeah. <clears throat> they prospered in captivity. Even in captivity. Well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. When they were in captivity, they continued to prosper. So going back to Mark, you know, he does this demonstration. And so he begins to not just talk about it, but he demonstrates it. And then in Mark chapter six, he lays hands on the disciples and says, okay, I've empowered you now to go and do it. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of see that see one, do one, teach it concept, which the whole world does. When you are in medical school um, teaching, when you go into education, you you sit in a classroom for a certain amount of time. And then you have your internship where you go and you do observation. I don't want a heart surgeon that has been like, listen, I've been studying on heart surgery my whole life. I can tell you all the parts of your heart. I can tell you where they're at. I've got all the knowledge in the world, but has never actually done a heart surgery, right. hasn't seen one, hasn't had his hands on a heart. Like, I'm not going to have that person do heart surgery on me. Right. Um, and so Jesus was teaching them the way we teach everything else, except except in the kingdom. Yes. <laughs> You're like, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. So, and what are we afraid of? Or afraid of the move of the Holy Spirit, you know? And, and I think, gosh, I feel like there's so much I want to say. Um, And I'm not, it's not that I can, it's just all in my head so much. You know, I made the comment Saturday night that, you know, if you want to experience the Holy Spirit, you, and and when I say safe, I'm not talking about emotionally safe. I'm saying like controlled, right? Right. You have to be willing to Mm -hmm. relinquish 
in some regard, control. Mm-hmm. Now, I know people are listening and they're like, but the Bible says that we have a spirit of self-control. The Bible does say that the character of God in you is the character of self-control. And the Bible does say that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Mm-hmm. So we can we can have a whole nother subject, a whole nother show on the other end with people who only flow in the spirit and don't understand the character of right. God. So I understand that. I understand that the character and the nature of God, the, the anointing of the Lord is subject to the character and the nature of the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. That can be next show, whatever. Um, but for today, we're talking about if all I ever have is the fatness and the goodness and the character of God, and I never do anything with it, if I never allow the wellspring of life to become a river of life flowing from me, that's what it says from John chapter 4 with the woman at the well to John chapter 7. He says, but, but the spirit will come and it will become a, the river that flows out from you. And so it becomes, it shifts from just this wellspring in you to a river that flows from you Mm -hmm. so that you can do what even greater works than I did. Okay. Um, so we know that the Bible says that it is for this purpose that Jesus, the son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Yep. It is for this purpose that the son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And then he says, I must go. Sin has to be cut utterly destroyed. Okay, so the crucif the the crucifixion and the resurrection is the destruction of the sin, and the resurrection is the restoration of life. Mm. Okay, so I I must go, and sin must be utterly shattered so that the overflow can come through the Holy Spirit. So I'm just walking you guys. Really, I'm I'm just trying to teach people today because we're afraid to talk about the baptism of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Like we can, you know, we can have an entire episode on like <laughs> experiences that we've had with the oh, Holy yeah. Spirit and it 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 can get pretty crazy and but it's amazing, you know. But I think we have to go back to the biblical foundation of what does the scripture say? So in um in the gospels, it Jesus says to the disciples, he comes back to them after his um, after his death and for 40 days, he hangs out with them and they're, you know, they're freaking out. Like Paul has all this, or Peter has all this great intention of even to the death, I'll follow you and all this great intention, but he's disempowered. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the knowledge of Jesus. He has the knowledge of the character of God. He's actually been hanging out with him for three and a half years, communing with him, having conversation. He knows Jesus but he is disempowered to stand when persecution came until he received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what does that say about us? This is a guy who yeah. walked with Jesus for three and a half years, yeah. doing everything, sleeping in the same place, watching these things firsthand, but he All was disempowered. All the knowledge in the world. He wasn't empowered until the Holy everything Spirit Everything he wanted to do, he didn't have the power to do, right? The Bible says the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? So... Jesus comes back and he says, finds them freaking out in the upper room. They're scared. They've run away from the scene. Um, all these that are like, yes, we're with you, man. We're your tribe, right? And they flee from the scene and they're freaking out. And because they don't have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So it's that the Bible says at that point that Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on them and they received the Spirit of God. The Spirit came rushing with them. And this is a picture of our salvation. Yes. Just the infilling. If you're listening, please say infilling. In fact, type that in the infilling. in the comments. Infilling, infilling. They received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Came rushing into them. But then he goes on and he says, "But 
tarry ye in the city until you are endued with power from upon high. From upon high. He says that in um, the very first chapter in Acts. And of course, then we know, most of us know, we read it, but we're like, what's happening here? In Acts chapter two, the, the Holy Spirit comes rushing into the room. You're getting hit with the spirit. She's got getting the yeah. spirit wiggles over there. Um, comes rushing into the room and begins. The Bible says that tongues of like flames of fire kind of sat on their head. But I think the fire is fire is all consuming. Um, and when we think about fire, how it burns off and purifies the things that need to be purified. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a, cons- a, a consummation of their flesh going on here by the Holy Spirit that came in and rushed in the room. And the Bible says that they began to speak in other languages mm-hmm. and people all around. And so at this point, they, they, it says people all around heard, heard the, the, the ruckus, for lack of a better term, going on and, and they were drawn to the sound and no matter what land they were from, no matter what language they spoke, they didn't hear tongues. They heard their own language. Right. And they heard, it says, the Bible says that they heard the people in the upper room speaking of all the signs and the wonders of God. And they believed. Like 3,000 came to know the Lord that day because there was a power. There was not a verbal speech going on. There was not a talking and a persuading and a convincing you to receive Jesus as your Savior. Mm -hmm. There was a move of the Spirit that was going on that they heard. I mean, there was a miracle of speaking. There was a miracle of hearing. I mean, the Holy Spirit was interpreting natural tongue into a supernatural hearing. Just all kinds of miracles going on here. And I just don't, um, I just feel that scripture is so clear. Um, but more than anything, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I, I you know, it freaked a lot of people out because I was already teaching and training. And, and it's like, oh my gosh, we've got this woman here who wants to preach from the pulpit. And now she speaks in tongues and she's ministering healing and deliverance and flowing in the manifestational gifts. And, and, and let me say this, it like freaked me out too. Like I was like, oh my gosh, that's why I had to continue to go back to scripture and say, God, like a Berean, I'm going to receive the word. I'm going to receive the experience, but I'm going to go back and confirm it with the word. I wanted to know what does the word say about falling out slain? Mm-hmm. What does the word say about speaking in tongues? What does the word say about healing? What does the word say about deliverance? I wanted to wipe away everything I've been told my whole life because I was raised in, in really a cessation. Well, I, I was raised in, I'm like a spiritual mutt. I've been raised in all different <laughs> kinds of I tell people all the time, like I was, you know, raised in the Catholic, schooled with the Baptist, worshiped with the, I mean, I'm just like a hyper spiritual mutt. But at the end of the day, what does the word say? And are you asking the Holy Spirit to interpret the word for you? And so when I began to ask questions about the move, and um, I'm doing a lot of talking today, and I just appreciate it. You're just over here getting all giggy in the spirit. Um, when I, you know, when I first started kind of coming in and asking questions, uh, the Lord brought two, two people into my life. Um, pastor Gloria Gillespie Mm -hmm. is one of them. Um, and pastor Gary Birkins is another, and both of them were so good not to answer any, I would get frustrated because I would be like asking questions about the Holy spirit and they would never answer my question. Um, they would give me scriptures to read. Right. Um, and so, and then I would say, well, okay, so I just read it. What does that mean? And they're like, ask the Holy spirit. And I mean, they were putting a demand on the revelation of the spirit. Mm. And I think we, it's interesting to me. We've been in, we've been in churches before where they won't let you just teach out of the Bible, like do a Bible study. You have to follow Bible study, like an mm. approved Bible study. Cause yeah. we're afraid of the stuff that people might say. Right. 
And again, I, I understand, like, this is not bash the church hour. I, I'm not into that. I, I take very seriously the Lord, that one of the seven things that the Lord hate, hates is dissension among the brethren. That's not what this is about. This is about challenging people to find your own faith and ask yourself, A, what do I believe? B, why do I believe it? And C, can I back it up with scripture? Mm-hmm. Can I confirm it through the scriptures? Um, and most of the people, you know, we do counseling all the time and we ask people that they'll say something, whether it's, well, I just, um, I've just always failed at everything. And we'll, we'll use that statement. I, I used it in the mental, emotional first aid. Who told you that? Right. Right. And it's the same thing with people sometimes with their faith, they'll say what they believe and I'll say, okay, tell me why you believe that. Well, because that's what, I mean, that's what I was taught in church. And again, not here to bash the church. But even even if I had all pastors sitting at the table from Johnson County, they would say the same thing. They would be like, yeah, we are not the word of God. We're just here to teach you. Go to the word, learn the word, trust the Holy Spirit to reveal truth for you in the word. Mm -hmm. So So I believe, I mean, the Holy Spirit's not coming to do all these things just to show off and just have this big ruckus, (laughs) but that it says the Holy Spirit comes to reveal Christ. Yeah. So he's always going to point back to Jesus and the word. Yes. Absolutely. And it's always, he's always going to reflect, you know, so I tell people like a lot of times, and again, people are afraid of the Holy Spirit because they've experienced maybe the Holy Spirit in a way that's out of control, what they would feel like is out of order, chaos, and that's all controversial as well. (laughs) Um, But the reality is, again, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, right? That's what Mm -hmm. it says in Corinthians. So we we do still have the character and the nature of God. That's why when we're coming under the power or we're falling out slain, it's when I'm allowing my very being to surrender in a moment to exactly. the anointing. Um, so I'm willing to say, okay, I'm just going to relinquish um, all of my natural nature and loose myself to the Holy Spirit to work in me and work through me however he wants to at this point. Mm -hmm. And there are times when that's not only appropriate, but it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, There's probably, so again, like we, all all we know of falling out slain is we, you know, maybe some people have seen it on YouTube and it's like all this crazy whatever, but I'm going to tell you, there's probably not, I know for sure, not a week. I almost feel like I can say not a day that I don't allow myself to go into that spiritual place in my own bedroom, in my own office, just sitting in my chair where I have gotten so adept at practicing what it looks like to be consumed by the spirit Mm -hmm. and that my flesh becomes as nothing in that place where my mind becomes silent and I'm able to just still myself and nothing hurts in that place. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking I'm not having conversation, but there's a shifting going on inside of me. When I come out of that place, all of a sudden I have knowings in my knowers. I have answers I've been seeking. I feel peace that I couldn't seem to accumulate of my own flesh. Uh, I mean, there's a peace that God brings you that no to-do list will bring you. Mm. I mean, I love Liz to death, but she does not do for me what the Holy Spirit does for me. I love my husband. He is a calming presence in my life, but he does not do for me what the Holy Spirit does for me. I cannot and I will not live my life without that power. Mm-hmm. I cannot do it. I'm a, I am not a nice person. I struggled with depression. I struggled with anxiety. I know, I know that I know when I have not been, and I'm not just talking about reading the word. I read the word every day as well, but to the same degree, I'm going to close my word. I'm going to sit, I'm going to be quiet, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring revelation, to breathe across the word. <laughs> I just got hit with the Spirit. <laughs> to breathe across that word 
And that word suddenly becomes so relevant to my life. So we're, this whole thing is about talking about purpose, right? And I want to fulfill my purpose, but I discover my purpose. I discover my potential as I'm sitting and being saturated Mm -hmm. um, in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I know when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was because I came to the end of myself and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to have something else. Mm -hmm. And it was just that relinquish of control. And it's not a relinquish of control of your your senses your, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's I mean, just you're not like dead yeah it's just saying i release control of of trying to control this anxiety trying to control this yeah, I anger i can't do it anymore yeah i can't do it anymore and i remember coming up out of that first initial and almost said how do i get back there like yeah how do i go back there yeah and that's when you explained to me that you know just going and laying down and just being quiet and just letting the Holy Spirit. Yeah, You don't have to have work. a minister lay their hands on you. No, you let the Holy Spirit lay his hand on you. You know, I, I shared a story last week. We had gone to the Heights Church for a propel leadership conference or what have you. And my shoulder had been real fussy or what have you. And when we sat down, we were sitting across from the, uh, the people who work their healing room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, Oh, this is so convenient. I'm going to have them lay hands on me and minister healing to my shoulder. Cause I really was starting to feel vexed by it. Like I really felt like the spiritual unction that, that God was saying, do you, do you want to be healed? You've been fussing about it. You haven't even talked to me about it. Right. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, good idea, God. <laughs> um, and so I was like, Oh, look at this. So convenient. I'm going to have them lay. And the Lord was like, what do you need them for? Mm. If you want healing, ask me to touch you and I will heal you. And I was I, like, I gave testimony. I was like, we are in the worship. I'm moving my hand. And I was like, God, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just pulling on, I'm putting a demand on your healing anointing to just touch my shoulder and to just heal. It is not your desire for me to worship one handed. Hmm. I mean, to me, it was the whole thing was prophetic where God, where the enemy is like, I'm going to keep one hand down and one hand up. Right. And I was like, I want to be all in in my worship. I want to be all in in my surrender. I want to be all in. And my shoulder was healed. Mm. I mean, I felt the presence of the Lord come on my shoulder. And um, and so the Lord was like, you know, I can do for you what you're looking for man to do. And I'm, I'm not, obviously, I'm a minister. I, I lay hands on people multiple times a day and minister to them. Um, but if you always need a minister to lay hands on you, you have not learned how to put a demand on the hand of God in your life mm-hmm. and for the spirit to come upon you, mm-hmm. right? So um, I told the story of Eutychus this weekend, um, and I think it's hilarious. I think this <laughs> in Acts chapter 20, the Bible says that um, Paul was peach- preaching and teaching um, in the upper room. He, apparently he was leaving. He, that was his nat- last night in town. And it literally says uh, that, that his sermon, that his teaching dragged on and on. Okay. I can believe that from yeah. the way he writes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is kind of the, the king of run on sentences. He's also the king of sarcasm, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but it says his, his sermon dragged on and on and on. And a young man, um, named Eutychus was sitting in the window and the Bible says that he got real sleepy and he got drowsy. Now we can look at that in several <laughs> different ways, right? Like it could be the spirit was coming on him or what have you. But what we know is he fell out, he fell out the window. <laughs> he fell out of the window. <laughs> he fell out of the window and three stories hits the ground and he dies. And so Paul at that point has to shift from teaching to demonstration. demonstration. Um, and so he throws his body on him. And of course we know the story Eutychus comes back to life. Um, and there's a shift there from a 
from the teaching to the power and the demonstration. And out of that demonstration, uh, more people came to give their life to Christ. Um, and so I, 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 I want to say for myself that years ago, I found myself very bored with the teaching and I'm like, okay, been there, done that. I've been getting taught to, I come to church every Sunday. I come on Wednesday nights. I do the cubbies. I do Awanas with my kids. I'm teaching them scripture. I have, I've gotten really tired of just all this knowledge, but I'm still struggling with panic anxiety attacks and clinical depression. And, um, let's keep it real. I still don't, you know, I feel irritated with my husband when I shouldn't, I don't like this person in my life. Um, I have critical thoughts about this thing, whatever. I just was like, you know, I know all of this stuff about the nature of God and now I'm just going to church and all the information now is just making me feel like I'm a total loser. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and the more I came, got knowledge I got and the less I was able to get there, my spirit was willing, but my flesh was struggling and my flesh was weak. The more knowledge I came to a place where like the more knowledge I got, the more frustrated yeah. I got, you know, the more frustrated I got. So the Lord, um, just really began to impress upon me, uh, the passage in first Corinthians that says my speech, my speech and my preaching didn't come to you with wise and persuasive teaching but rather it came to you with a demonstration of the spirit and of power mm-hmm. so that the faith of the people that you're teaching to you, their faith wouldn't rest on your teaching or on you or your persuasive speaking, right. but it would rest on God. And at that point I was doing a lot of teaching and um, doing women's conferences, all those things. And I really felt convicted um, cause you know, on the strength finders, like my number two strength is woo, like winning others mm. over, you know? And so, and the influencer and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't want to influence people into the kingdom. Right. Like I'm a very good persuasive speaker, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and it's crazy. Like I had actually taken, this is so crazy. I'd actually taken a course on ways to persuade your crowd, hmm. you know, like as you're saying something to nod your head and smile mm-hmm. and they'll just immediately receive whatever it is you're saying. It's scary, actually. And, and when I think about it, and, and the, 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 the class was called how Ways to Persuade your, your Crowd, but it was really what it was, <laughs> was to manipulate your crowd. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm so intentional to be like, when I'm, especially when I'm teaching and preaching to youth, I'm like, guys, do not stand here and take everything I say word for word. Take everything I say word for word back to your word with the Holy Spirit and confirm it. Mm-hmm. You need to know. So I will give, I will say, go look it up. Go look it up. You hear me say that all the time. Look it up. Read your Bible. Look it up. Read your Bible. Look it up. Read your Bible. I'll quote things and be like, oh, wow. And I'm like, dude, I'm just quoting scripture. <laughs> that is not me. That's not a Lisaism. That is a Jesus word. Um, and so I really felt, co- so, so that kind of is really what started, I didn't start it, God started it, to allure me down the path of really asking the Lord more questions about Talk to me about this power. How do I get this power? I, I have an understanding of who God is. I'm saved. I know the Holy Spirit lives in me and breathes, on, breathes in me. But how do, I, how do I shift to a power gospel? And I started recognizing that uh, most of the places that I was going, whether it was church, whether it was conferences, I was like, that was a really great teaching. Mm-hmm. But I felt no power. Mm-hmm. I saw no demonstration. I didn't see anything. And because I was in the speaking arena, I was going to you know, your motivational speaking. And then I was going to church and I was like, they're the same thing. There, there's no difference in the room other than the content that's being spoken, Mm -hmm. but there's no difference in the room. 
uh, lives are being changed over here. Just the same right. lives are being persuaded. They're being inspired. These people are being inspired. But on Monday, what does that mean to me if I don't understand the power of the gospel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would say most of the time sitting in church and listening to preaching, there was always that for me, it was always okay, now what? Now what do I do? Because mm-hmm. I, I hear you and I and I see the scripture, but it's like, okay, now what, how do I make that real? Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. What does it look like? And then I, I didn't get all upset about it. I just said, well, I guess that's it. And I just mm-hmm. walked on, you know, I didn't worry about it. But, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. okay. We got lots of comments oh, online. Good. So let me, let me, uh, lots of comments online. Um, so, um, and somebody just signed up for Mastering Your Seasons well, look at this that. weekend. We'll like, see you there. Yeah. Mastering Your Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be fire this weekend. So uh, Peggy is with us this morning. Good morning, Miss Peggy. Um, Elizabeth McLaren just puts Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, so lots of hellos. Um, same. We love an all unapologetically. So that's Kyler. <laughs> um, so lots of people tagging other people, which is great. Um, Elizabeth, thank you for tagging other people. Say it, Lisa. I was like, I'm going to say here. We're afraid of the unknown. We are control freaks. Rebecca Robb, we are afraid of the unknown. Mm. And the supernatural is unknown. And that's one of the things, you know, like, that's why I say let's talk about it. Because when I'm in Cincinnati or when I'm doing house meetings or whatever, and the spirit begins to move and people are kind of uncomfortable, I will just address the elephant in the room and I'll say how many people are kind of super uncomfortable right now. People raise their hand like, okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about what does the scripture say about falling out slain? Is there examples in scripture where people fall down as though they are dead? Mm-hmm. As soon as I say that phrase, people are like, oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's tons of them. Is The entire book of Revelations came out of Paul, who was in a trance-like state. Mm-hmm. What is happening there? It's mm-hmm. exactly what I was just saying earlier when you just kind of sit in the space and you become in a trance-like state taken into the spirit and God shows you things there. Sometimes he shows you things that you know, that you know you're seeing in the moment. And then sometimes it's like two or three hours later and you just, it's like the water that turned into wine in the vessel. Yeah. You just know something happened. Right. Like things have been released. Things have been loosed. Um, but there have been times that God literally shows me things. I've had visions. You're a seer. You have a lot of visions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I do really think we need to have a how many of you guys, if you're listening, how many of you guys want us to do a Holy Spirit part two? We'll, t- we'll take a vote. Look at you. I'm voting. <laughs> She's taking a vote. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Infilling. Uh, lots of exactly's. Lots of amens. Um, everybody wrote infilling. Good, 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 good. Infilling. Okay. So we talked about the infilling of the Spirit. And that second encounter is the, the Spirit coming upon you. Mm-hmm the spirit coming upon you. And so we see this, um, in the scriptures, this pattern where there's the infilling and then the coming upon, um, Elizabeth says, can you talk about the origins of baptism? She always asks these like really deep questions, um, which is great. I love it. Elizabeth, thank you for interacting with us. John was baptizing before Jesus came to it. So that was the baptism of repentance, um, in order to prepare themselves for the way. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, Elizabeth. So I, one point had to study that cause I was like, well, we get baptized as a um, sign as a symbol that we have come into salvation, that we have died in Christ and been resurrected in the power. Um, but when Jesus or when John was baptizing, he is, he was, it was a baptism of repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he would say, prepare ye the way of the Lord, um, he was preparing the people so that they would have a cleansed heart and they would be ready. It's kind of, I don't know if I want to say that. It's kind of like what people do when they go to confession over and over and over again, oh, yeah. right? They have to have this continuum of repentance. Right. Now I'm not saying 
don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't still have a continuum of repentance. Sure. But if all we ever do is repent and we never receive the life that replenishes that spot of repentance, then we're living in the tomb and we're never coming out of the tomb, mm-hmm. right? We're living mm-hmm. like Lazarus who was rose from the dead, but he came out and he saw all those burial claws on him. I mean, that's a great example. Yeah. He, there was a resurrection that took place there, but there were still abounding. He needed to be loosed and he needed to receive his freedom. There was still a deliverance that needed to happen mm-hmm. there. Um, and so he was alive, but bound. And I fear that's a lot of Christianity where we've come alive in Christ, but we're still living bound up. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, uh, Elizabeth and that. So more, uh, I, yes. It's a, so sometimes people will say stuff and it's like after and So, so yeah, Kyler says it, it freaked me out and I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, Oh, talking about when she first experienced. So you know, people are talking about their first experience. This is good. If you have had an experience, maybe you, uh, maybe the first time you, maybe you spoke in tongues, maybe the first time you came out, um, came under the power. Maybe you've never experienced it. You've seen it. Maybe you're freaked out by it. Like this is, let's talk about it. I, I understand that. Like, I think that's the beauty of my roots of where I come from. Like I've been in that place where I was freaked out by that. And I just felt the prompting of the spirit asking me why, why are you freaked out? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's supernatural mm-hmm. and I can't control it and I don't know what's happening and I can't explain it. And so the alternative, you live a natural life for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And if that's you, bless you in the name of Jesus. Yep. It is not me. The Lord was very sweet to me <laughs> and that, um, he let me have that experience without having seen it before. So I didn't have oh, anything yeah. to be freaked out about because I'd never seen anything to be freaked uh-huh. out about. It was just like, yeah. Um, I mean, my, my indoctrination was not just that it was in existence, but it was intentionally watching it and saying, these are the things that are heretical mm-hmm. and that are wrong. So I was actually taught against it, Mm -hmm. um, which is a cessationist. Like there is no such thing as the manifestational gifts anymore. And they get that from Corinthians where it says um, that these things have passed away, Mm -hmm. um, which those things will pass away when we're glorified. Right. Right. We won't need them. Um, We won't need them because they are for the purpose of ministering to people. They, it's what activates our ministry, no matter what your ministry is. I'm not talking about going and feeding the housing, housing the widows and the, and the orphans, which you should be doing that as well. But in your own way, like it, we mm-hmm. put that in a box. So if you're, if you're anointing and your ministry is, um, leading worship, if it's running social media, if it's designing logos, if it's starting businesses, that's your ministry. And we, we have done a disservice by separating, well, this is my business. This is my job. And then on Sunday is my ministry. That's when I go to church. No, 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 no. It's all the same thing. It shouldn't be separate. And so, uh, that's the power of the gospel. Elizabeth says it was pure joy. So good. I'm finding out for ourselves. It is so important. That's good. Amy Sanger says, yes, I love those Holy Spirit encounters. Uh, Amy, you know, Amy experienced healing at our grounds when mm-hmm. I ministered over that when she said that. she kept trying to get up and the Lord was like, no, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. And there were a lot of things he was working out. And then the bonus was, oh, and also I'm going to heal your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And she received healing that night. Um, so lots of people tagging. That's fun. Uh, Lorita, are you coming to the conference this weekend? Cause I see you all over here. Uh, uh, Pam Burkett. I know she has signed up for this weekend. Uh, she said, thank you for sharing for the, wow, I have, I've had another awakening. 
Um, lots of really good things. Elizabeth McLaren says that the Holy Spirit's addicting. He is addicting. Here's the crazy thing about it is, and I was talking to some youth this weekend and I was like, look, um, only God is a creator. The enemy can't create. And so he takes what God has created and how God has designed us and he twists it and manipulates it. So sex is a great example. Mm -hmm. Fire is a great example. Mm. Water is a great example. When, when water is used, it is taken out of the context, out of the boundaries for which God has designed it. It can do destructive damage. Fire is the same way. Sex is the same way. God has designed us to crave the supernatural. Mm. We have a craving to be out of our mind. When the scripture talks about astounding, crazy ministries means astounding new beginnings. It comes from the Greek word existemi, which means to be put out of your mind. Well, that is a craving that our students have, that our kids have, and they're finding the satisfaction of that craving in drugs, in sex, in alcohol, in all of the other the things. And so what we do is we try and squelch the craving and control the craving to get them to not do drugs instead of redirecting the mm. craving to their original design and say, there is a craving in you to experience a high. And I want to introduce you to a high that you have not known. Yeah. And it's the high of the Holy Spirit. Come on. And we want to be saturated in a place. We're designed where we our brains need that space and place where we just check out from mm -hmm. time to time. And I'm here to tell you that smoking weed is not the answer. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is the answer. Smoke, er, doing ecstasy, sniffing coke, shooting up meth, whatever it is, smoking meth, it's not the answer. I'm not obviously... I obviously Obviously, I'm not a hard <laughs> drug user. Um, I don't know how we get it, but <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I don't care how you inject it. There's only one thing you should be inhaling, mm -hmm. and it's the love of God mm -hmm. and the spirit of God. And that is a natural craving that we are created. And we've got to stop trying to, we're, we fear the craving and we try and squelch the craving instead of saying, I understand. I understand that you have a desire to experience physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. And there is one who wants to be physical, physically intimate with you until you are married and it is within the confines of a marriage and it will satisfy you. He will satisfy you if you let him. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the natural desires that we have as men and women and children as humans. And the enemy takes those and he twists it. And the church has tried to manage those cravings instead of recognizing... <laughs> I almost slipped into my prayer language there for a minute. Instead of recognizing that we need to redirect those cravings into the spirit and stop trying to squelch them. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've gotten really, really good at managing demons and not being, not casting out demons, delivering demons. The Bible says that these will be the signs to those who believe. The very first thing, they will cast That's out okay. demons in yeah. my names. Yeah. And I think back to when I was a teen, the big thing was you were looking for that super, you were drawn to the supernatural. So we did seances, we did Ouija, yes, boards, Ouija boards, psychics, yeah. um, astrology, tarot, like so into all that. Yeah. And, you know, I was super drawn into that. And I can see now where my conviction, like at that point, I was convinced I was psychic. And now I know that was my uh, prophetic gifting. Yeah, because you are a seer. Yeah. For sure. Going on under the yeah. wrong spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we are just, yeah, we are drawn to that. Yeah, we are drawn to it. And, and people, you know, and again, parents, I love you. Um, and, but they're so afraid of all of these things. And instead of 
talking, having a conversation with your kids, especially in the Christian realm, like we just cut all that stuff, stuff off. And yes, I, I agree, but have a conversation with them. Don't, don't convict or condemn your kids because they have a desire for the supernatural, because they have a desire to do the drugs, all those things. Grab a hold of those cravings, have a conversation about it, talk to them about it and talk to them about the potential of that being a part of our design as humans. Like we are so afraid to have that conversation with our kids. Mm -hmm. Why is it? Yes, of course you you want to have sex with your boyfriend. Absolutely yeah. you do. Because you're designed for connection. You're designed for intimacy. But until it's an appropriate time frame, let's talk about ways that God can and wants to satisfy that. But instead we try and just keep them cut off from the craving. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do it behind your back. Yeah. And then you're going to send them to us for counseling when they get caught. Is what happens. I, I'm just, listen, I'm, I want to empower parents. Listen, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm trying to call you up. I'd love to empower you in coming alongside your kids and teaching them the power of the supernatural. Stop fearing it. Stop fearing speaking in tongues. Stop fearing coming under the power of the spirit and start embracing some of these things. My phone, I'm like <laughs> the most popular person in the world today. Hallelujah. All right. We've got some more comments here. Um, Amy's lots of comments still being bound up, but not, um, is surviving, but not living. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience was beautiful. Larita, Larita, are you going? She said, yes, I'll be there. Yes. It's going to be fire this weekend. It is going to be fire. I, I'm, I'm telling so you what, because I'm bored. I, yes. I get bored, you know, and I tell people all the time, like I, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, uh, which is of course just helps define me. It does not identify mm-hmm. me. Um, but it helps me understand why do I crave some of these? <laughs> now I'm getting texts about, um, about, uh, this weekend that people are like, it's going to be fire this weekend. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Okay. Lorita says my experience was beautiful. I just let it take control and it was such a blessing. Um, I'm watching and I will be there this weekend. My daughter says that, uh, uh says that dates with the spirit gives her butterflies and excitement. I love mm. that. Dana, thank you for sharing that. Um, um, the word, and she said, I, it's a love I cannot describe. Uh, Jen Loya, Good morning. Um, the redirecting of the craving to the Holy Spirit from drug, sex, anything else. I love this. Yes, redirect. People are liking that. You you can't squelch the natural designs of human. We try to. Um, uh, Good luck, but the the, the flesh is weak, right? So what we have to do is we have to capitalize on our weakness because the Bible says that in your weakness, his power is perfected. Come on, that's a good Mm -hmm. word. In your weakness, his power is perfected. Um, hey, can you grab this, Liz? It's my son. He keeps calling. Um, and perhaps he needs something. Um, it's always Car- Carter calling during these things. Um, you, guys, you guys can't see Liz behind the scenes, but she is the better half of my brain. <laughs> Jesus is the best half of my brain, yeah. and she's the better half of my brain. And then I'm all the rest of <laughs> I love this redirecting conversation. Never heard it explained that way. Uh, yes, don't condemn the desire. Re- redirect. This is lots of really, really, really good comments. So I've had people are like, we want a part two, part three, part four. <laughs> um, I, uh, but we are coming to the end already. And so I do oh believe, my gosh. you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk to Taylor about not waiting an entire Taylor is our audio productions. He is, he is the genius behind the show. Can you, you can't show yourself. Show yourself. I can't show myself. Oh, you're not even on. He's he's like trying to turn himself on. Here we go. I can't show myself today. Okay, but but you can hear him. Um, So uh, y'all, this is going to be produced on my podcast. It's going to be produced on YouTube. 
the next couple, I really feel strongly um, my YouTube channel is going to begin to shift. It's going to be starting to show more movement of the spirit. So mm-hmm. you're going to want to subscribe, share it with your people. Let's get people not just saved, but let's get them empowered. Mm, yes. All right. So we'll we'll get back with you. We'll keep you posted as to when our next episode is. is. But until then, remember, enforcing purpose, it, it starts, starts with, with you. you.